Welcome here to the Tech Post on Limerick City Community Radio in association with the Limerick Post where we talk everything that's happening in the world of technology and I'm joined this time around by Dave the Don O'Neill. Dave, Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. Ho, ho, ho. Are we still say, allowed to say Happy New Year at this stage in January? Um, yeah, well, it's our first show back. We got to do it. Show. Yeah, first show of the year and a uh, few changes to, to note before we kick off into technology. But a uh, few changes. First of all, uh, if you're listening to this on Limerick City Community Radio, uh, we are now called The Tech Post. It's just keeping the branding in sync with uh, the podcast. So if you ever miss us uh, on the radio, you can always get us on the podcast network of The Limerick Post. And there's some great podcasts that go out there as well. So uh, make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, yeah, so Dave, Tech Post, new show, new year, uh, loads happening in the world of technology at the moment. Uh, we have so much to get through uh, this uh, this episode. And uh, actually, one more thing to note as well. Uh, we used to go out every second week, but um, for 2022, uh, we're doing it every third Sunday of the month. We'll be going out on the radio and shortly afterwards, straight into the podcast feed of the Limerick Post. So uh, once a month and hope to uh, hope to bring you some great news coming forward in 2022. Keep you up to date with what's happening in the world of tech and uh yeah, stay tuned. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and make sure you tune in here on Limerick City Community Radio 99.9 FM. With thanks to our friends from Wired. Uh, right, Dave, uh, 2022 started with like there is so much. I've notes here that I sent you and there is so much to get through today. I probably won't be able to get through everything, but uh, I'm going to start off, Dave, with uh, a topic that we've covered loads and loads of times. And uh, I think it's one of those topics that you can never cover too often. And No, but it's always evolving. It's always evolving. And we both have stories on this from the new year that, that, we, that, we that happened straight away. So uh, will I kick off with my one? Uh, yeah, go for okay, it. Yeah. Right. Okay. So uh, we're always giving out advice on what, what happens with scams and email scams and everything. And so um, I found out from a friend of mine uh, just a couple of weeks ago that uh, he got caught by a scam. Uh, I won't give his name out, uh, or maybe at the end of the show I'll give his name, address, email address and bank details. But <laughs> <laughs> Poor fella. <laughs> uh, so what happened here, uh, rang me to tell me about it after it happened and of course I give out him for that for not ringing me beforehand. But okay, so to go through the, the sequence of events here. He woke up to an email in uh, from Amazon telling him that there was going to be a charge on his account. And of course, it was one of these fake emails. And he mistakenly rang the number in the email and got through to one of these call centers. And this very, very helpful guy, and of course he's helpful because he's taken money off him, uh, talked him through uh, the whole thing, told him that uh, it was... Uh, a, a charge that shouldn't be going to his account and they noticed it and that they were going he was going to go through a process to get the money refunded to him 
Now, the first problem here was this guy didn't have an Amazon account. So that should have been a red flag straight away. Um, but it's one of those things, uh, I, I won't call him an elderly gentleman, I'll just call him middle-aged. Um, and uh, he went through it, uh, it sounded very convincing to him. And he they convinced him to download, first of all, a program called AnyDesk. And anybody who's familiar with technology will know that AnyDesk is a remote control software where you can take control of another PC or watch what's going on in it. But they got this to uh, download to his um, to his phone, his mobile phone. And that meant that they could actually uh, see what he was doing on screen and talk him through. And the first thing they said was they wanted him to try and make a payment to them with his banking app, uh, which he wouldn't do. So they then said that to authorize the refund, he had to download a program called Revolut. And we've talked about that here on the show a couple of times, Dave. And um, so he did that and they went through the process and they could see exactly what he was doing on screen. And then they said, right, that box there, you put in this three digit code and process it and that three-digit code will authorize me to make a payment back to you. Um, So they gave him a three-digit number, but little did he know he was typing that into the amount to pay box, and he processed it. And then a while later, checked his bank to see if the refund had come through and found out that an amount had gone out of his bank. So he he rang the, uh, the bank, and what was really surprising to me now, this was early in the morning, And the guy he was talking to in the bank said that this was the seventh call that that particular individual in the bank had gotten that morning about people being scammed in the same way. So if that one guy got seven, and if there was how many people in the call center, that means all of them were getting reports of this. So it was really prevalent and a lot of people were being caught. Now, luckily, because it was done through his credit card, um, I think it might be covered and he might be able to get the money back. Uh, But it just shows you have to be vigilant. You have to have to check everything. If at any stage, and this was the advice I gave to him afterwards. Well, one, first of all, never ring the number that's in the email. Because if they're going to send you a fake email, they're going to put a fake number in the email to get through to the scammers call center. So if you do want to ring somebody to find out if something's true or not, look up their number on their website, find out or look up their number through uh, some way that you know is verifiable, whether it's a previous legit email you got from them or details you've saved already. If it's a company you deal with, look it up the number from the invoice they send you. but look up their website and ring them directly. And maybe even before you do that, check with someone you know. Check with someone that you know and trust. Get in touch with someone, whether it's a family member, whether it's a friend, whether it's an an IT provider that you know. Everybody knows somebody involved in IT. But ring somebody and check this with them first. And if you're still unsure, ring your bank first before you do it. So that's step one, is verify 
check with trusted individuals first before you contact any of these people. That's his first piece of advice. Second piece of advice is never ever download an app on the instruction of someone on the phone unless you have contacted them and like let's say it's your IT company and you do need IT support. Uh, you've contacted them so they're helping you out. But if it's a complete unknown uh, person, a stranger, someone you've never talked to before, uh, someone that has initiated the contact with you, never ever download an app. And that that program I said earlier on, Dave, like AnyDesk, there's a few of those mm -hmm. out there. There's AnyDesk, there's TeamViewer, um, yeah. any other ones that I'm, I'm, I'm kind of the mainstream ones that I'm missing. Uh, well, there's loads. There's join.me online, etc. Yeah. There's, there's loads of different ones. And these are reputable programs. They're good yes. programs, but they can be used in nefarious ways. Correct. Um, so if somebody is asking you to download one of those, like really make sure you know who you're talking to and you know what it's about before that, because that means these programs allow that other individual to see what's happening on your device. And it may allow them to install malware on your device in the background as right. well. Yeah. So be very, very careful with these programs and never, really never install anything that you're not sure of, that you're uncomfortable with. Stop the call, go someplace else, go find out from somebody, check with trusted individuals, but don't go forward and don't allow someone to convince you to do something that you have a question over. Um, these scams are real. Uh, you're not being hacked. People call it being hacked. You're not being hacked. It's the same as if someone came to your door and just said, um, your, your car is being towed away. Give me a hundred quid and I'll make sure it's not. That's a scam. Somebody ringing you up saying, uh, there's going to be a charge on your account. Give me some money and I'll make sure it goes away. That's a scam. They're not hacking you. They're just scamming you out of your money. It's a, it's a, it's convincing you to hand over. So it's, it's a, a confidence fraudster. Um, which those people are around for decades, centuries. There's yes. been confidence tricks out there. So these things are the exact same thing and you have to be aware of them. They're happening constantly, constantly. Takeaway advice out of this is if you get something in and you're not sure about it, check with a trusted individual first. Well, I think it's also safe to say that anybody listening to this podcast has some interest or level of technical knowledge. So I think it's prudent to ask everybody to spread the word to their friends, their loved ones who may not be as technically minded um, yeah. and just tell them, look, if in doubt, call me, you know, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. And especially the elderly. Right, the elderly, the, yeah. these people prey on the elderly as well. It's the same as someone coming into a per, an elderly person's house and pretending to be a, a security uh, advisor and saying, where do you usually keep your jewellery? And then saying, oh, I want to go use your bathroom. Can I use your bathroom for a second? And then going to that spot, taking it and running out the door. It's mm. it's a confidence scam. So you will, you would always tell your loved ones, don't let people into your house. Don't uh, make sure you get ID. Don't um, just, just don't give away this information. So in the same way, when it comes to stuff online, people kind of sometimes lose a bit of um, a bit of reasoning when it comes to computers because they get a kind of a, well, I know nothing about tech. So I just did what I was told. But you have to be vigilant here. You have to do the same thing of if 
you are in any way in doubt, if it seems wrong, if, if you have any red flags, stop the call, go talk to a friend, a loved one, a trusted person and find out and get some advice on whether you should do something or not. You can always, if it was legit, you can always call that person back and sort it out later on. But in the, in the meantime, just stop. So that's the takeaway from that anyway. Now, Dave, you also have a story on scams. Right. right. Okay, so, well, it's not as extreme as that one, but mm. it's going around. Um, this one has been going around for years, uh, you know, people's Facebooks um, getting hacked. And it's usually caused by either a weak password that um, hackers are able to guess after trying to, you know, log in under your, your username um, mm. a bunch of times called yeah. brute forcing. Or maybe your password has been leaked or something like that. Or maybe you have malware on your computer and they got it that way. But either way, Facebook accounts are getting hacked. And sometimes you'll, you'll see messages from your friends come in. Uh, and it doesn't sound like them. It doesn't look like them. But they're messaging you uh, about something or other, right? And sometimes it's obvious that they've been hacked. They might send you a link to, a, a, I don't know, a, a dodgy porn site or something like that. But this happened to me about, I think, two weeks ago where um, I got a message from um, a Facebook friend, someone I know from the States. And um, he basically said, hey, um, I need your help with something. Okay. So it started out like that. I need your help with something. Um, so I said, sure. You know, um, and it didn't sound like him because his English was broken. Okay. But I, I led him along anyway. And he basically said then, um, I'm locked out of my Facebook account on my computer or something like that. And I need to um, get a, um, an authentication code. Yeah. Could you help me out with that? If I send the authentic authentication code to your email. Okay. So... Again, stringing them along with it. Sure, why not? So you you knew at this stage this was a scam because you know about these scams. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I also know that it would be impossible for him to send me an authentication code to get into his account. Okay. So you got to know that, right? The, yeah. You will not get an authentication code on your phone or email for someone else's account. It, okay. It's not possible. Yeah, all right. So... But not everybody knows that, so they go along with it, right? So anyway, um, so I say, yeah, sure, yeah, do it. Next thing I know, uh, email comes in with an authentication code, mm. obviously to log into my account. Right, okay. So what he did was he tried to log into your account yeah. through the forgot password um, the process for your account. And Facebook then said, oh, we'll send you an authentication code to your email account to change your password. Yeah, well, it gave me, a, what, an eight-digit code? Yeah. Um, so it's a two-factor authentication code. Yeah. So I got that in anyway. And, you know, just to have a little bit of fun, I uh, I took a screenshot of it and changed the, the numbers. All right. So so you're giving him <laughs> is the wrong details. I gave him the wrong details. So I, I posted, I, I did the screenshot thing instead of just typing it, just so it looked like it was authentic. Yeah. Uh, just so that he'd be all excited. Oh, he's after falling for my, my tricks. Yeah. So... He, he goes ahead and, and a minute later he comes back and said, oh, that no work. No work. <laughs> no, no work or something, something to that effect anyway. Uh, so I goes, oh, okay. Uh, do you want to try it again? So I let him go through the motions again, send out another authentication code and I put in another stupid number and uh, sent it back to him. And then um, uh, he tried it again and it, he came back a minute later saying it didn't work. 
And I said, of course it doesn't work, you asshole or whatever. And I used a bit of profanity and told him to get out of here. And about, I'd say about 10 seconds later, um, he blocked me. <laughs> yeah, he blocked me. Right. Okay. So the so imposter decided to block me. And he was doing it to other people as well because we have mutual obviously. friends on Facebook. Yeah. Okay, so he was trying all the, the the account that he'd gotten into. He was trying all that person's friends yes. to try and get into their account then as well. That's correct. Okay. Yes, I presume you warned him about this and told him that this was happening. Um, well, uh, the only contact I have for this guy is Facebook, but I know ah. people who know him personally in the states, so I tried to um, signal them to get the word out to him. Apparently, he's gotten his account back. Okay, good. Well, well, I'm still good. blocked. I, yeah. I haven't reached out to him in that way. I, I'm still blocked. He probably doesn't realize that people were blocked. And, uh, ah, right. So okay. I, I haven't so gotten that. it's going to take him time to go through everything and clean up yeah. the, the actions that were done in his account anyway. But at yeah. least you warned people that, that know him and they were able to tell him about this. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, yeah. Right. Okay. But so, it's going around, guys. But I, yes. I think the key point to remember is... Nobody, if anybody asks you, will you give me an authentication code that comes through to your phone or email? They are trying to get into your account, whether it's Facebook or hell, even uh, your bank or whatever. Yeah. Don't do it. Do not give them yeah. anything. We've, we've given this uh, advice out before as well, that like if something comes in, somebody saying, send me a screenshot, no matter what it's for, anything at all do not and the bank will send you these emails and this information as well saying that they do not ask for any of these codes off you over the phone uh they do not ask you to send this to 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 any like anybody pretending to be from the bank or even le legitimately from the bank um and not to take screenshots and send it to other people because you are giving away the login details to your own account so, and, and, and if, if you in any way even thought this might be real, ring the person. Ring you them. know, it's entirely possible that this guy I'm talking about on Facebook, maybe he um, fell for the thing. Maybe yeah. that's how the uh, hacker got, got in. in. Yeah. yeah, that's how they got into his account. Yeah, it's, it's possible. Hard. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So if, um, if this happens, if somebody comes on to you and asks you, like if it was a family member or a friend that you have contact details, ring them, ask them, is this you? Is this you doing it? Um, there is like, there's plenty of those scams going around in the whole thing of like people uh, getting into like a WhatsApp account or something like that. And then texting a, a family member and saying, I'm on holidays and I'm stuck and I've, I've no access to my phone. And can you wire money over to me so I can, cause I'm after things after being stolen, my passport's stolen and everything. All that. So they, um, they will then say wire money over to me so I can get back home that kind of thing and people do fall for that as well so it, yeah. that's along the same lines as well and all these things are usually just confidence tricks and they will find out a way to get into your details using or into your account using your details and you're right there Dave in terms of the the, the passwords that might have been leaked there's um, there's a good few sites out there where you can check as well and a lot of the computers now and the browsers are actually warning you if you they use are. a weak password which is great because if they're feeding in off of known um, leaked databases of passwords then they can warn you and say this password was part of this company's breach and it's known on the internet 
So use yeah, I know Microsoft Edge has started doing that recently yeah. with their built-in password manager. And of course, you can get a password manager yourself, um, a third-party one. Yes. So and it will do the same thing, yeah. Okay, right. Uh, speaking of password, let's, let's move on from the yeah, so Yeah, it's a good segue. Go, yeah, yeah, good. Nice one there. Nice feed across into, into the password manager area. Um, something grabbed me during the week, actually, and we, we've actually been talking about password managers a bit uh, recently, and um, there's one called 1Password, right? So now there, there's a few of them out there. There's LastPass, there's 1Password, there's like a good few, I think Nord have one as well. Um, and they're not without they're not without their own flaws right that they're, they're, some of them have had security issues themselves as well uh but one password got um they had a recent round of funding and they raised something like 620 million dollars in a in a funding round um which puts their valuation at 6.8 billion dollars wow right now for a password manager where i would consider a large percentage of their customers are using their free offering uh that a seven nearly seven billion dollar valuation on that is i i just i don't get it i don't know i, I don't see where the seven billion dollar valuation is uh where are they making their money um i, I know some of these password managers they they actually besides the free one that they give out to consumers. They also have corporate ones that you can subscribe up to or family uh, ones where you can share passwords with family members and groups. If it was a shared, right. a shared account or something like that, um, you can create groups for certain types of passwords and it, you can have legacy passwords in, in the event of something happening to you that somebody in your family can get access to your details. They give you things like being able to share notes secure or store notes securely as well. So just information, if you had a general piece of information you wanted and you didn't want to keep it on your PC, you can sh store this within your password vault. Um, but they also do have uh, corporate uh, services where they actually do this warning you, like what's happening in the browser, warning you if your passwords are compromised. Um, yeah, that's usually part of their paid offerings for yes. like the free offerings um, tend yeah. to admit that one. Yeah. yeah, but as more and more browsers and more and more operating systems build in things like password managers and uh, warning you about your your compromised passwords, these things are part of your computer or your device. So these companies like where with a seven billion dollar valuation, I have to ask. What are they going to go into to justify that valuation? And, and will they get into kind of like selling your data, selling information about patterns and usage? And it, it becomes a kind of a gray area. I don't know. I, do, I just don't see where the valuation and how they're going to justify that to investors. Yeah, you, you see, it happens all too often. Companies are doing that. They're caught with their hand in the cookie jar. But the thinking behind it like why they would have engaged in that in the first place they probably just thought that you know the um the risk was worth the reward yeah mm. yeah yeah now password managers are great because it promotes it, it it actively encourages you to have a different password on each website one of the big problems that people have is they they will use the same password over and over again so that if they need to log in at least they know their password and there's a convenience around that but these password managers, 
if you have it synced across all your devices, whether it's your um, PC at home, PC at work, uh, tablet, phone, that it means that no matter what device you go to, you can log in and you can use it. It'll autofill the password for you, which means that it promotes you to use much longer, random, stronger passwords, ones that you don't know yourself, but th this program is is filling it in for you when you need it. Yeah, um, exactly. It's um, yeah. It it basically just lets you set and forget, really. You know. Yeah. You don't need to know the password as long as you're logged in on the on the device. Uh, it would ask you for a master password every so often just to make sure that you are. Um, because yeah. it has to auto lock. Like the thing auto locks after a while for security reasons, in case your phone gets stolen or whatever the, the case yeah. may be. And and in some cases, like unlocking it is very easy because it's going to be based on biometrics. So if you have fingerprint ID or face ID or something like that, yes. it means that it's instantaneous. It's seamless. You go to a website, it asks you like one password or, or last pass or one of those things, even the one that's built into the iCloud keychain on the Mac and things. It'll, it'll basically just unlock through your face because you're looking at the phone at the time and it'll mm, auto fill the or your fingerprint, you. yeah. So it's, yeah, or your fingerprint, exactly. Um, so it means that they, they are becoming like so much easier to use, so much um, con more convenience with them and a seamless integration with everything you're doing. So yeah. it makes sense to use them. Uh, and <clears throat> like, I don't know. There's there there is a lot of them out there. There is a lot of ones, but you put me onto one recently, actually. And I uh, did. I was doing some research. Um, uh, two companies that uh, I could fairly confidently recommend right now. One is NordPass. If you've ever heard of NordVPN, yeah. Um, they're based out of um, I think it's Panama or something like that. They're in one of the countries that uh, uh, you know where privacy is a uh, is a. a you know, it's it's gold and it's it's, yeah. it's insured, if you will. Okay. So, but they, they've they've been a fairly reputable company. They, they're not new, like you know. And so they've recently just released um, NordPass, which is a password manager alongside their VPN service and stuff like that. You don't have to buy the VPN service, by the way, to to do this. And they do have a free version of it. So, like LastPass and all the others, there is a free version um, that lets you store unlimited passwords. It gives you like most of the core functionality that you need. Okay. Um, except for things like the data breach scan and stuff that we were talking about before. But yeah, that's not a big deal. And the pay plans are not too expensive either. But I will say that there was another one that caught my eye. And um, I've heard of him before, but it recently caught my eye again during the week. And I actually signed up this time. Okay. It's called Bitwarden and it's open source. Right. Now, that, that's actually a key part of all this, right? And I'm, I'm going to just kind of give a bit of a sideways jump on this as well. I think that there's a similar angle here to, to um, when we were talking last year about WhatsApp and using alternative messaging solutions. And I was recommending Signal, which is an open source end-to-end -end encrypted uh, messaging system. Yeah, we now have this one, Bitwarden, which is an open source password manager. So the code is available for mm -hmm. people to investigate to make sure it's not doing anything nefarious, that it's not leaking your information or that it's as secure as it should be. And it's it, it effectively because it's open source, it's community um, reviewed. So the code, yes. everybody knows what the code is actually doing and can flag if there is an issue. 
And that's the beauty of exactly. open source stuff. I think that's and that's a good thing, yeah. Mm. And you know, like they they do offer a good free plan, um, mm. but you know, it's it's unusual that open source software can be uh, like have paid plans. But in this case, it does because there's more to it than just the the software, just the costs of running it and stuff like that. Obviously, yeah. but. But you can buy. I think the single plan uh, for for just one one person is ten dollars per year. Wow! Just ten dollars, and that will give you a few extra little bells and whistles on top of the free plan if it suits you. If it doesn't, the free plan is probably going to be more than perfect for you. Yeah. Um, they have apps for Android, iOS, Windows, Mac, Linux. The you know everything you can imagine, so you're, and you're extensions for all the major browsers. Yeah. Yeah, and extensions for all the major browsers. Exactly. So. Including Safari on um, on um, Apple Mac, so yeah, um, yeah it it seems pretty good. I've been using it now for about a week, um, maybe half a week or whatever, halfway to a week, and it's it's been working out. You know, I think you're going to keep it. Okay. And um, what else was I going to say? But and for all you hardcore techies out there who like to dabble in Windows servers, you can actually install their server on your box if you want. They let you do it. So you can have your own password manager server. Correct. So now your data is only stored by you. Exactly. And isn't that a great thing for GDPR compliance, etc.? It is, yes. Because mm-hmm. that would be one of the, to me, with all these other companies, um, that, that would be the issue with me is that you're using password syncing. And if they have a breach, something has breached all your passwords, possibly. Right? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, yeah. It, it, there is that. That is the issue there. But that means that if you can, uh, and again, as you say, it's probably the higher level techie people. But that means you could actually install your own, uh, like some. You could probably do this on a Raspberry Pi at home or something like that. Uh, yeah, you could yeah. install your own Bitwarden server, and this would store all your passwords and sync across all your devices. Yeah. Wow, so that's you it. have full control over it. And especially in a corporate environment, that's brilliant. You can have It this. is, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, whether you're a small or, or medium-sized business, um, if you have uh, an IT mm-hmm. department that would be willing to look into this, I suggest you you get them to look into it. Yeah. Wow, that's... Okay, That that's actually... that That's a game-changer. That's nice to know that you can deploy your own password manager system. Yeah, yeah. They, they really are getting better because I remember using LastPass years ago and it was very clunky. It was, yeah. you know, it, it was... I basically reverted back to using the inbuilt browser one, you know, something a bit simpler. But um, they're, they're definitely getting better nowadays. And again, the advantages of having one, because of the fact that you want to have a different password on every site for security reasons, and you want it to be a strong password so that, yeah. you know, people can't hack you. Yeah. Um, it is promoting that. And I think uh, it's something that we should all look into. Yeah, I did actually use a password manager a couple of years ago again, but then I defaulted back to using the keychain inside in Mac OS. Uh, mm. Just I just default back to it because it just it was just easier because as you say a couple of years ago they were they were a bit more clunky the word is integrated um, mm. so maybe I might look into this as well uh, yeah now you said you 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 got the paid plan there I did All right so this is actually kind of a New Year's resolution for me and I'm actually going to uh, encourage people to do the same there is there's been a lot of different things in the news over the last few weeks about open source software and problems with open source software and then people who make open source software not maintaining crucial libraries out there that that power a lot of apps and and websites and it's simply because they're saying we can't afford to anymore right that these big tech companies 
are making fortunes of the open source software and these people are not getting their due reward for it now if they were working within that company and, and created it for them then they would be getting a handsome payment uh, in salary they'd probably be earning quite high but these people most of the the open source software is done because people have a love of coding or a love of creating and being part of the community and create just just it's it's almost like a hobby but at some stage you've got to you've got to pay your bills uh so i myself can say that over the years i've been guilty of this as well of using free software uh mm. whether like like say i'm just going to give, go back to the one i mentioned earlier on signal uh, open source messaging app and i've been using it away it's free it's brilliant and i didn't donate anything and this is part of my new year's resolution actually is that i'm going to go around and start looking at the different bits of software that i use in different guises personally first of all i'm going to go through and see and and starting with signal and i'm going to go through and find whatever else and this one here that you're talking about the password manager i may do the same as you and subscribe to that on that as well and i'm actually going to go and give a donation to these guys whether it's a tenner or 20 quid like if you if if these open source community guys were not producing this and you had to go and buy the software you would have no choice but to pay for it so or worse and, yet there might not be a paid solution it might correct. just be that you know yeah, yeah there might not be any solution and it, like we all like you and i dave will remember like going back 20 years ago when you had to physically go into a shop and buy a a, a floppy disk or a cd yeah. with a program on it and it yep. was the only way to get it um and and then of course the internet and and cloud apps became a thing uh that you you had to really pay for software and it was very expensive when you think about it now that you can get a game on your phone for 99 cent and these are good quality games uh they're not like the do you remember shareware and freeware years ago oh yeah yeah right yeah so the they're not the they're not these kind of b-rate apps you can get really good apps at really cheap now and most of the apps that you get like even just the productivity apps that you get on your phone uh they're they're cheap like the, the software before would have been 15 20 30 40 dollars and now you can get an amazing app for 99 cent or 199 that, that that's amazing like where, where we've come to in, in that now but i really think I'm going to, and again, it's my New Year's resolution and I'm going to really recommend other people do it. Even if you just pick one that you're using at the, right now and just say, right, I'm going to give this guy, find his website, give him PayPal or revolute him over $10. Get it over. Because if there's, if there's like probably millions of people using the software, and I know myself, like when you look at Signal, there is millions of people using that software. Uh, it'd be the same with this thing, Bitwarden for the password manager. And if, if all those people just gave $1 every user, then this guy can afford to continue developing this going forward. Agreed, yeah. Mm. All right, okay, let, Dave, let's move on. Actually, speaking of people paying for services, uh, <laughs> Microsoft just made, I think, possibly their biggest acquisition ever. Uh, they have bought a company called Activision Blizzard, which is pretty much one of the yeah. 
biggest uh, gaming uh, software out there or game development companies, companies yeah, yeah. yeah out there for a mere seventy billion dollars. Just ah. a mere seventy ah. billion. Um, it's sure Bill Gates is more in the bank account than that, doesn't he? <laughs> is he even still here anymore? Does he have anything to do with it anymore? No. Um, no. But it's like the, the I don't know. It's it's absolutely mind-boggling the valuation of that seventy billion dollars. Like Activision now have had their problems over the last few months. There's a lot of controversy within the company about. Uh, different allegations of sexual misconduct inside there. That's um, right. I yeah. think I think that might be one of the factors that that got the, because their share price dropped a lot. And I think that might be one of the, the factors. Microsoft did try to buy them before and it didn't go through. Oh, and I see. Um, yeah, they, they, the CEO said he wouldn't sell. And I think simply because of the internal turmoil in the company at the moment and the drop in the share price, I think that opened the door for Microsoft to step in and say, right, uh, here's our offer again, and it was accepted by the board this time. So this puts uh, Microsoft as I think the the third largest gaming company in the world at this stage now, uh, behind uh, Sony and Tencent. So uh, mm. it's um, it's going to be interesting what they do with this. I hope, I really hope Microsoft don't shoot themselves in the foot on this now and go with all this kind of. Uh, only available on Xbox because yes and, and that's the risk and, and, and releasing like Microsoft are, are, are taking a big gamble on this whole thing of, of gaming in the cloud um, now, this, what's it called xCloud or something like that they're calling oh it's god I can't keep track but there's loads of there's loads of different ones out there now that yeah. it's getting getting to be a very so big they, thing they did actually say uh, that they wanted to become the Netflix of online gaming hmm. that you, you pay your monthly fee and you have all this content and this um, acquisition of Activision means that they do have a huge catalogue, a huge, huge catalogue yeah. of games that they can do this with. But well, they release they, a Call of Duty every single year. So there you go. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So but if they like if they want this to be cloud gaming, like say if you take Netflix, right, um, yeah. it's available on any platform. No matter what you go, it's not as though Netflix are going to say you can only watch this movie if you're watching it on a Samsung TV. You can watch it on anything, and uh, any device, any TV, anything you, you want, you can watch the content. But if Microsoft start closing this down and saying, right, you can get our most of our catalog if you're on a PlayStation, but all these new ones that are just coming out, you can only get them on Xbox for the next year or two so that they can promote the sales of Xbox. I yeah. think they could run into problems here. People. Well, mm. yeah, Microsoft are no strangers to antitrust lawsuits from way back in the 90s. And mm. um, if they are seen to be, let's say, like there's a lot of things that are exclusive to PlayStation and Xbox at the moment, right? But if Microsoft are seen to be taking the piss, mm. they could end up in court. It could be a long, drawn-out court battle, um, you know, trying to well, get them to I suppose loosen if, up. It's, it's worth saying here at the start of this, really, that this hasn't gone through yet because there's going to be, um, like, it's going to be investigated by the merchant and acquisition, first of all, to see can it, can it pass the, um, what's the, like, the regulatory bodies. You know, you know, it has to pass approval to be, like, for mergers yeah. and this and everything. So that's going to have to be checked into first and they're going to have to get by that first. And yeah, see I mean, the competition authority is what they would be known as here. Yeah, yeah. 
Exactly, yeah. So um, if that does happen and they get past that, then then they have this hurdle of how do they format all this? What are they going to do? Uh, so it's it's going to be yeah, interesting. So there's nothing that's going to change immediately, absolutely. Mm, yeah. For 70 billion, wow. Major, major purchase there. Major purchase. And, yeah. and if they do it properly, this will launch them into like being one of the big giants of the gaming industry. So that's obviously where they see things going forward as a great growth area. Um, cloud gaming is, it's an interesting proposition. Um, I don't it know. is because, well, the idea behind it, like Google have it as well with Google Stadia. I think yeah. they've almost given up on that. You know, Google has a habit of doing that, starting up something and then going, yeah, we're going to cancel it. We're going to, uh, we're going to act. I think, I think there's a website. I can't remember the name of the website now, but there's a, there's a website out there. Like if you just Google, like <laughs> funny enough, Google <laughs> uh, but if you look at, I think for Google graveyard or something like that, it's, it's oh, yeah. it lists every, like there's hundreds of services that they they brought in and then got rid of, um, yeah. And and they they are known for doing this, but um, it, like with Microsoft, the the, the cloud gaming thing, it, yeah. like, it's one thing to have cloud content of media where you're just watching something, but with gaming, mm-hmm. it's interactive. It has to be fast. It has to be yeah. good quality graphics. It has to react to you so fast. Well, that's it because there's a computer behind it all doing the hard work. You're, you're, whatever device you're using to game it on, whether it's a TV or whatever, that's not doing the work. You're subscribed to the service. There's yeah. something in the cloud or whatever doing all the rendering. So you don't need a high power PC or a console to be able but, to play these games. The I think that's the appealing bit. But the data for the graphics has to get to you. And, oh, yeah. and has to react to you. Yes, there, there would be a, a latency penalty and stuff like that. So a good yeah. internet connection is definitely a must. Yeah, so that'll really, that'll really kind of determine uh, what, how, how good the cloud gaming goes when yeah. it becomes. It's, um, still, it's still very early days, it is, though. Um, it is. You know, people are still... Um, it could be the future, you wouldn't know, but like people are still... You know, trying to build high power PCs, even though there's a huge chip shortage and buying consoles and stuff like that. And speaking of which, actually, you know, um, Sony are having trouble um, getting enough PS5s out there now. So what they've done is they've decided to um, make more PS4s instead. Really? Yeah, because it's easier to get chips for them because they're older, etc. So they're, they've started to ramp up production of PS4s in order to fill the void of the lack of PS5s out there. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of Sony as well, when yeah. Activision and Microsoft, when that news hit, they took a 20 billion stock price hit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Wow. Oh, I'd say they were, they were, I'd say some boardroom in Japan, they were having a, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. There was the emergency meeting on that, I'd say called. You bet. Um, Right. Okay. Uh, I'm going to segue into something we said a, f- a few minutes ago into another story. Anyway, again, just because yep. you mentioned it a minute ago about Google shutting down dif- different things. Um, yeah. So anybody who has a free G Suite account, you have until the first of July to upgrade your plan to a paid plan because oh. Google are shutting down free G Suite accounts from the first of July. Okay. So, well, let's let's just be clear about this for a second because they actually shut down um, free accounts. Oh, I don't know, um, six, seven years ago. 
um, maybe more. At least, actually, yeah. At, at the very yeah. least, actually. They shut it down for new signups, yes. but they grandfathered people in. So people who already had a free account were grandfathered we in, including myself. Actually, yeah, I think we did talk yeah. about this at one stage a couple of, maybe a year or two ago. Uh, That's it. And the, the, when they announced that they were going to um, cease the grandfathers ones. Um, but this is, so if you have a free G Suite account at the moment, from the 1st of July, you have to go over to their paid tiers uh, so that you can keep your your G Suite, Gmail, Calendar, Docs, all that kind of thing. So that's that's coming and 1st of July, I'll be honest, pretty quick, really. Uh, yeah. So that that's a, we, we might actually, we might re- mention this again, coming closer just to remind people about that. So that, that's another one. And I think the, the, the basic Google tier at the moment is about four, fifty or four sixty a month, something like that, and um, similar to the Office three six five basic plan as well. Correct, but you'll get a bit more with it as well. Like chances are, in your free tier, you probably are limited to fifteen gigs of uh, Google Drive space, which includes emails, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. Uh, by upgrading to whatever their basic plan is, you're you're definitely going to get more space. You're going to get a few more features, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So you would be getting something for your cash. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, uh, Dave. Uh, start of twenty twenty two. CES twenty twenty two was on, and again yeah. virtual again this year. Um, like CES has has kind of what what did we call it last year the the vaporware event or something like that it was uh, it I don't know I I've lost a lot of interest in CES at the moment and I really didn't follow this one very much uh, so I I don't know that it seems to be the yeah. place where they make all these uh, announcements about these things and uh, different products coming and stuff and then some of them never happen. Well, yeah, it's, it's a lot of concepts appear there. It's, it's always yeah. been that way, though. Um, you know, it's just some companies uh, showing something fancy, you know, in a big showroom when it wasn't virtual, of course. And, um, yeah, so there were a lot of concepts, but some um, real products get announced there. And they're the ones I really had taken interest in, um, especially the ones in my wheelbase. Right. You know? Okay. So was there um, anything of, of note with you? Uh, well, I watched the AMD keynote as I do every year now, um, and they're they're really ramping up um, production. Lap, there's new laptops coming out right now from with AMD processors in them, and they're going to be uh, like you know gaming laptops are going to be very very powerful, etc. And um, yeah, so there's it's exciting news in that front that, that CPUs are getting more powerful as you'd expect. But for a lot of years, that wasn't happening because AMD were asleep at the wheel if you will um, and Intel were kind of stagnating but that's all changed now that AMD are back Intel have been challenged again mm-hmm. and there's such heated competition between them it's it's I don't know it's good news for us let's put it that way okay. um, yeah. I, I see the way it's happening at the moment they have different release cycles right um, Intel might release something at the top of the year and AMD might release something in later in the year or something like that and they're always knocking each other off the board so uh, when Intel released their new line nowadays they're top dog you know in performance yeah. and then when amd do it they knock until right off that pedestal and, and 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 so on and we see we see the same cycle happening with uh phones yeah. as well that we know right. that like uh kind of maybe may june july time we're going to see new samsung phones and they're going to be touted as the fastest phones with the best screen and the best connectivity and the oh, best yeah. cameras and everything and they're compared to the phones that were released a couple of months previous 
then in, in in like uh kind of september october the new iphones come out and they're the ones that are going to be saying oh we're better than the right. ones that are released previously well like uh, I, I hate yeah. to say it, but iphones have always uh, kind of had the the top performance tier um with graphics and stuff like that for, for whatever reason um graphics samsung's and, and chips processor, yes but not camera no, no, not, not necessarily. Samsung yeah. have got very good um, cameras and they good color science as well, just yeah. like Apple, but it's different. Yeah. So it's subjective. Yeah. But, um, mm. but this could be bad news for Apple, though, and I, I don't know what's going to happen with this, but um, Samsung and AMD are partnering up now. So the uh, mobile chips that Samsung make, um, Exynos, uh, I believe, mm. are going to start having AMD graphics in them at some point. Oh, yeah, that was good announced there, AMD. too. Um, yeah, yeah, it is. Right. Um, so is there any AMD are in so many different things. I think the, the PlayStation, the Xbox, they're, they, they're, they didn't, Xbox hasn't been Intel before. Um, they were, um, ever since the Xbox One, it's been AMD. And same with PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. Was it the first Xbox based on a PowerPC chip, I think? It was, I believe, yeah. it was PowerPC. Yeah. Yeah, and then they and then they switched. Not, no, no, maybe the first. I think the 360 was as well. Oh, was it? I think so. Uh, yeah, I might, go, I might go looking around on that later on. But was there okay? Back to CES. Was there any um, gadgets that caught your eye, or were you looking at um, gadgets? Or like we get the usual thing every like, year. There's new TVs and they're new. They're all either old, oh, yeah. mini LED, all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Best, biggest, whatever. Um, yeah, and and we get new computer monitors and find out how how curved they can be even though I think yeah, exactly that's always terrible. a big thing yeah um, um obviously laptops um what else you get yeah you get bits and pieces announced there's all different stuff and everything yeah gadgets wise right i'm going to give a note to one here because i love smart home technology and there was an awful lot of smart home stuff that was announced um mm-hmm. i'm not going to go through many of them really because they're like some as we said earlier on sometimes these things never make it to market so i don't want to give time to something that might not come out but there's one that i have to say that caught my eye and i would love this because I, I really think this was a good idea or is a good idea. So Masonite uh, company, and I think this they're over in the States only at the moment. It'll only be available over there for the moment. But they've announced this Empower, and that's PWR, Smart Door, right? So if you think about it, most people who do smart home stuff, they've got, they try and put in a smart lock on their existing door. They'll try and put in a like a motion sensor for the outdoor lights and they'll try and put in a doorbell video doorbell this is the smart door that has everything built into it right so you've got your video doorbell your smart lock your motion activated lighting uh, a a door sense uh, capability to warn you when it's left open and the beauty of it is you're not having to change the batteries in these devices every couple of months you power the door so if you have power to your door you, you make sure if you're installing the door in your home that you have power available beside the door and that means that this is powered by your house not by your batteries uh, which I've always been like to me like if you have a video doorbell or if you have a smart lock or something like that I always was kind of saying these things should be powered it shouldn't be battery devices uh, so they should come from the power of your house and yeah. um, I've got a question Mm-hmm. Whether it's um, yeah, if it's battery powered, right, or if it's powered by the frame. If there's a power cut or the battery runs out, what happens? 
Uh, usually these things have a backup mechanism. Um, right. So there's usually a panel that you can take off and use a 9-volt battery up against it that powers it back up. So on the I outside, okay. there would be a, there would be kind of a, a little because flap, a flap at the bottom that you could just open up and put a nine volt battery up against it, and it would power it right. up and allow you then do your authentication to get in, whether it's fingerprint or passcode or something like that, or mobile phone. So. Yeah, but you know, and to power the mechanisms, the lock yeah. as well. But it's just it's just a case of like what would happen because. If, for example, if the thing lost power and it was in an open state or whatever have you, then obviously that's a, a risk. But if it yeah. locks you in to your house because you can't open it, that's a fire hazard, you know? Well, so, um, uh, most yeah. of them would have a physical um, a turnable latch on the inside. So I you see, can on the inside. physically turn it on the inside. All right, so that's good. if you're inside, good. you can still get out um, because that would, be, that would be a fire compliance issue anyway. Right. Yeah. So that was that was to me that was the big thing that I saw in CS that you actually just get a full door that has everything built into it. Now, of course, and I take it it comes in. How many colors does it come in, Shawnee? <laughs> Here we are in 2022, and the first episode rears its ugly head. Yeah. <laughs> now the problem is that if anything goes wrong with it, like if the camera breaks or if the the smart mechanism breaks, then your entire door is gone. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. There's pros and cons. There's trade-offs to everything, really, yeah. isn't there? Yeah. Uh, the other thing as well, and I think we talked about this actually at one stage over the last few days, was uh, BMW came out with this car with e-ink on it so your car can change color. Oh, yeah. I saw uh, that. Very Knight Rider or James, <laughs> James Bondish kind of thing. So I wonder, could, could it uh, change the number plate as well with e-ink? <laughs> so Ooh, uh, it's um, the iX concept car. And again, it's concept, so we probably yeah. won't see it. But uh, yeah. the whole idea is that we use an e-ink display, the same as we've, kind of what you have in your Kindle. Uh, I'd love to try and replace one of those panels if somebody dinged off it. Uh, hmm. somebody ding my door okay yeah that's uh, $10,000 please for the door <laughs> uh, right okay Dave let's move on to some general news where before we finish up here and some local news as well uh, just so, one thing actually um, you've heard of the company Razer before haven't you yes, um, and you might have heard that they brought out a gamer style mask for this uh, pandemic yes. um, called a Zephyr now, apparently, um, they had uh, claimed it was N95, etc., 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 and it was found not to be N95 after all, and they've removed all wording of N95 from the product pages, etc., etc., etc. What's so, N95? Um, it's the, what was it, the medical grade or whatever. It's the grade of the mask. I don't know. It just means right. that it's, uh, yeah, yeah, so N95, it means... Um, I don't know, to be yeah. honest with you, what but exactly it's, it's, it means. It is just yeah. the grade of, of filtration yes. that it does, I suppose. That's it. Grade yeah. of filtration. That's the way, way to yeah. say it, I guess. Yes. All right. Okay. Um, so, and, and, and I don't know if you've been reading some of the news lately, but they're talking about um, uh, cloth masks not cutting it anymore and that you should all get N95 masks now. Uh, you know, well, that they've... Uh, yeah. Look, considering that we're uh, we're in a, sta a stage at the moment now where it's just been we're free. restrictions are being lifted, yeah, I think uh, we might see the end of masks soon. But then again, actually, yeah. you know what? I still think that if I was on public transport or something like that, I'd still think that I would actually still keep using a mask going forward. I, I don't know. I have a feeling that I would. No, I, I don't know. You know, we'll see. It's kind of yeah. like we'll see. It, it depends on how close you are to other people. Uh, yeah. Like if you're on a bus and it's fairly empty, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be, you know, too fussed about it myself yeah. personally. But 
well, I don't the know. Masks, the masks are more about protecting others, not protecting you. That like if you, yeah. if you have something that you're not coughing out into the air and spreading it around. Um, yeah. That that so it, the masks are more about that really. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I it, suppose so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Let's get on to some quick things to finish off with anyway, because we're running out of time here today. Uh, so I'm going to go through a few few really good, great local stories here. Actually, I'm going to run down through them pretty quickly here anyway. So first one is that um, uh, Limerick company AMCS. Um, have acquired an Australian-based cloud billing platform, Utilbill. Uh, so they're based, I think they're, they're out there near Krakora. Um, so they've acquired them, um, undisclosed amount, but great to see the expansion uh, so they can get into a lot more into the um, energy and water billing uh, uh, sector. Um, Viatel, which are an Irish company um, in the IT services and hosting game, have acquired Limerick-based Action Point, and uh, oh yeah, that is um, that's a major one, and it's really putting Viatel Group at the the top of the software development, managed IT services, uh, cloud services. So uh, that's uh, another great one. Uh, great to see another Limerick company involved in that. Um, so also then um, Limerick based firm um, Ingenium uh, based in O'Connell Street there in Limerick um, they have launched a new online career planning tool and uh, that's on uh, mypathwayjourney.com so uh, it's great for students and people planning their careers to go on on that they've just announced that there recently as well Uh, what else we got um Ergo uh, have acquired Asis Tech in a deal worth 25 million. So Asis Tech are a Limerick-based company as well. And uh, Ergo have acquired them in a deal worth 25 million. So great, loads of great Limerick news there. Um, it seems that the, the last month has been a lot about uh, mergers, acquisitions, and it's great to see Limerick-based or Limerick-based companies being part of that and contributing to that yeah yeah no signs of things slowing down it's great no. news yeah yeah and um a limerick company medical technology company based out in the r d center of excellence in limerick uh bd they plan to create 130 new jobs through their expansion and they're also going to be investing 70 million over the next five years to uh to uh, further expand the, the facility and their hubs outside so um, they do a lot of health and infection monitoring solutions. So that's another great win for Limerick, uh, 130 new jobs coming there as well. Uh, and I think that's, uh, have I covered all the local news? I think I've covered all the local news there. So uh, that's pretty much it for us there today, Dave. Uh, yeah. So we'll come to the end of another show and uh, we'll be back again in a month's time don't forget to tune in here uh, you can get us on Limerick City Community Radio 99.9 FM third Sunday of every month and you can always get us on part of the Limerick Post podcast if you miss us on FM you can get us online at any stage right Dave thanks a million and we'll talk to you no again problem. soon alright bye bye now Thanks for joining us here on the text post brought to you by Limerick City Community Radio in association with the Limerick Post. Team music is kindly supplied by Dylan Flynn and the Dead Poets and we'll be back again next month 
with more news from the world of technology.